Hello. Ahoy. Welcome to Bottom of the Stream, episode three. Episode three. Three episodes in. How do you think it's going so far? I just been good. Yeah. I've I've I really enjoyed bait. I really enjoyed bait. I really hated the open house. But I kind of enjoyed the experience of the open house, even though yeah. I hated the film. Yeah, I'd agree with that. So, Bottom of the Stream is a new podcast dealing with things that are people and nobody are talking about on Netflix. How many things are on Netflix? So, we've watched three things so far. <laughs> <laughs> There's not as many as you'd think. There's, I believe, just under 6,000. Okay. Including TV shows and films. <laughs> we've got quite a few to go. Though. Yeah, this, we've got a long way to go. That being said, are you ready to dive in to the stream? Let's set sail. <laughs> So yes, today we are talking about Await Further Instructions. Yeah, so yeah. We've, we've done an American film. We have. Done an Australian film. We've, you have. And we're now doing a British film. A British film, a British Christmas film. Now, does this film settle the debate of Christmas films? Because there's a huge debate on Christmas films. This isn't a Christmas film. This isn't a Christmas film. No. This, in the same way that Die Hard isn't a Christmas Correct. film. Correct. Thank you. I'm glad we agree on that. Die Hard is not a Christmas film. It is a film set at Christmas. Die Hard came out in July. It's not a Christmas film. Exactly. Await Further Instruction is not a Christmas film. It is merely a film set at Christmas. Christmas is a plot device to get this family together. That's, yes. That's, yeah, that's basically who that it is. That's why it's that's, a Christmas That's what it is. So, as we always do now, this has become a tradition. What is your one-word review of Await Further Instructions? I hadn't thought about it. <laughs> Licorice. Licorice? Yeah. Because it's all sorts. <laughs> well, partly... <laughs> I, I think reasons will become clear at the end. I can't do one word. I've got to do two words. Yeah, go on. Batshit crazy. <laughs> is that... This? Oh, yeah, that is two. Oh. Yeah, batshit's one word. Yeah. This film's fucking mental. There's no there's no way other way of describing it than insane. Yeah, it lurches from <laughs> something to something else, Still doesn't it? Quite can't quite believe what my eyes saw when it watched it. So before we start talking about it, go and watch it. If you've not already seen it, go and watch it and then come back to us and we will start talking about it because you're going to have one have seen this one before you, before you hear us talking about it as you're going to think we're a pair of crazy idiots. Yeah, I, th- I think it would be really... I mean, it's always interesting to hear hear your feedback and what you think of these things, but in particular, it would be good to read, read some comments on about this one. This Definitely. Is, uh... this is, I can't put over enough how mental this film is. <laughs> I really can't. So shall I shall I set up if you could yeah the um, premise so we are joining this this family on Christmas Eve the, our lead character is Nick played by Sam Gissons and he is bringing his girlfriend home for Christmas uh, his girlfriend Angie played by Nerja Nike Nerja Nike I'm gonna go with that I would agree with you there so this will come into the plot Nick is bringing his Indian girlfriend back to, to his yeah. very traditional very white quite racist family yeah white middle class racist family the family that's bringing them back to our mum dad granddad and sister and sister's boyfriend correct so uh yeah it's mum and dad's house granddad i believe lives with them that's kind of what I yeah that's implied it. i think i think I'm... granddad played by david bradley yes who is a massive name to get in a film like this yeah. He's, Filch from Harry Potter. Yeah, he's been in everything you can possibly. Doctor think of. Who. He's been in Doctor yeah, Who. Yeah, he's been in Doctor he? Who. He's been in all sorts of things. He's 
is incredible. He's in that new thing with Ricky Gervais, which is right at the top of the stream this week. Yes, after Afterlife. <laughs> afterlife with Ricky Gervais is in that. That's as top of the stream as it gets. Yeah, we're we're nowhere near that. We're right down the bottom. Yeah, there's the nowhere that qualifies for nah. being reviewed on this show. Yes, so these Go on. the the family comes together Christmas Eve. Nick brings brings Angie along with him. He's it's sort of it's instantly obvious that he has is- issues with his dad. Yeah, he seems to be quite estranged from the family. He doesn't. Yep. I don't think he's been there for a long time. Yep. That is that is but, sort of implied as well. Yeah. Before I say any more, yeah. I've just got to point out what freaked me out about this film. Yeah. The main character is called Nick. Yeah. That's my name. That is your name. The dad's called Tony. Whoa! I didn't even notice that. <laughs> that's my dad's name. Whoa! That's crazy. So it took me a little while to get over that, <laughs> especially how weird this got. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Um, that's not as mental as this dad. No, no. There's instant, There's an argument, isn't there? Almost straight away. So yeah. David Bradley's character, the grandpa, is a massive racist. He's making comments all the way through about, you know, your kind of people coming yeah, back he's here. Not, he's, he's not hiding it in the slightest. No, he's, no, not at all. He does not care what he says. And the sister, Kate, isn't much better. No, she's a horrible, horrible human. The whole family is horrible. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. They're horrible. They're, they're, they're horrible people. Nick and Angela... Obviously, very sympathetic characters. Yeah. Uh, the the mum's okay. I'll come on to them. Uh, I'll talk about the mum in a bit because I've got a couple of things I really want to. The daughter's point boyfriend out isn't her. bad, but he's, he's stupid. He's stupid, and he's very easily led by the by the dad of the family. All of these characters, they're not well written. They've all got a single character trait. Yeah. And so, boyfriend stupid. Yeah. Sister Kate, she is uh, vain, selfish. You know, she comes in, hugs Gramps, takes a selfie instantly. You yeah. know that's going on. Is yeah, definitely. She's one of those. The mum's very mumsy. She just wants to keep. So everybody she's a total happy. wet lettuce, isn't yeah, she? She's, she comes, wants, she's got nothing about her whatsoever. She she's not a strong leader of the family. She's no. and, and and that's that's what I wanted to point out about her. Basically, I just think it's an awfully written, weak character. Yeah, the dad is stiff upper lip. Obviously mistreated by his own father. Yeah, his dad's a bully. You've seen these characters time and time again in in, in loads of different films. Yeah, I think generally the actors do all right with what they're given, but they all they've got is this one trait for their character, and then they've just got to go totally overboard with it. Yeah, just take that it to didn't the extreme. Really work for me. So they have the argument on Christmas Eve. It really upsets Ange, and her and Nick decide, you know. Look, let's just go to bed. We're going to get up really early when everyone else is still asleep. We'll head off. We'll go back to our place. Yeah, we'll go home. Christmas. Early Not Christmas spending Christmas home. with these guys. No, they're all knobheads. <laughs> um, they are all knobheads. Yeah, I can see why Nick's not been back home for yeah several months, Quite if not longer. Time. Now, before they go to bed, there's a news story that keeps appearing on the TV of random stuff that's going on. You're right. Town. Yeah, there's, like, so there's like power surges being reported. Yeah, so, this is in the stabbed at some point. Yeah, so in the back, this is in the background yeah. as the grandpa's watching TV. So there's there's power surges reported, had and then a, there is Sean of the Dead vibe. Yeah, like news reports going on in the background. Nobody's really no paying any attention to them. Yeah, there's a stabbing that takes place, which turns out is down the road in their local shopping precinct, yeah. and the news is saying it's a inverted commas a terrorist. Yeah, um, which triggers the granddad to go on one of his rants yeah so Nick and Ange wake up in the early hours of the morning they sneak downstairs they are enacting their plan they're going to get out of there go and enjoy their Christmas on their own 
go to open the front door and they can't get out because it's blocked. There's something blocking the front door. Some How would metal, you describe? Metal contraption? Yeah. So... Almost like tubes. Yeah, like tubes of thin metal Licorice. Tube. Yeah, the licorice. I see now, I get it. I get your word of the review. So they then try the windows, same stuff's covering it. Yeah. Go upstairs, same stuff's covering it. The, the whole house is covered in these tubes, which is completely stopping them getting out of the house. Yeah, can't force the way open. Uh, Nick grabs an axe, doesn't he? Yeah, he's tried. He tries goes straight out with that. That wakes the mum up, whose name is Beth. She comes downstairs. Dad comes downstairs uh, and they realise they're not getting out. Yeah. They're not going anywhere. They're trapped. Yeah. The prisoners in their own home. Phones don't work. Phones don't work. Can't get on the internet. No, but the TV doesn't work. No, correct. But the TV is on. The TV is on. And the TV has a display. Yes. That says await further instructions. It says stay indoors and await further instructions. So they do. So the dad at this point feels like that this is a government message. Yes. They've taken over the airwaves and something has happened in the world that requires everybody to stay indoors and watch TV. Yes, so basically um, there's been some sort of attack and everyone's on lockdown. That They're basically, they think they're in quarantine. Yeah, which I think is a fair assumption to make at this point. You, If this happened to you, you would probably be thinking the same thing. It's the logical conclusion to jump to, I think. I, I suppose so, yeah. <laughs> in an in an illogical situation, it is the logical conclusion. Things don't go well for the dad in this film, Tony. No. But straight away, even before shit started to go down, he sort of takes Scott, the, so Kate's boyfriend, aside, and he, he, he basically gears him up for this, you know, you you stick with me, whatever. Yeah, you, what, whatever I need you to back me up. Back me up yeah. And he wants to sort of take charge and show he's the, he's the leader of this family, um, which I don't think... He's ever been able to do with his own dad, who's still sort of verbally abuses him, even though he's this little old man sitting in yeah, his he armchair. He had a nickname for him. What was the nickname? Uh, Squelcher. Squelcher. Called him Squelcher, which is a great nickname. But because he pissed the bed when he was young. So, so they, what are you can do? It's Christmas Day. They've got all the food in the house. They might as well have a Christmas. They sit down and have Christmas dinner. What else are you going to do when your house is wrapped in licorice? Yeah. Um, <laughs> And this was my favourite bit in the whole film. Okay. So they get into another argument while they're having Christmas dinner. And can you remember what David Bradley's character says? So he starts having an argument with Nick. Yeah. And he say, he says, "This this." So he's talking about Angie. He says, yeah. "Your girlfriend's got got you wrapped around her little finger. I can tell you're completely cuntstruck." struck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that finished. Uh, yeah. oh, I was gone. Yeah. I was I was laughing for a couple of minutes. I've never heard that before. I've never heard that one before. I was just out of nowhere. <laughs> Absolutely out of nowhere. Apologies for the C-bomb, but it was a quote. It's fine. I'm not going to blank it out. It's too much work. So they're about to tuck into their pigs in blankets. Yep. Message on the TV. Oh, yeah, it changes. All your food is contaminated. Yeah. Wow. Eat nothing. That's quite a threatening thing to get on your TV as you're about to sit down and eat Christmas dinner. So at this point, I'm thinking, this is interesting. Yeah. This, this... I was I was all in on this point. This is intriguing. This is something really, you know, what's this, what's this film going to try and say about the power of media, yeah, media and the TV and, the, you know, it being a, a, a new god or whatever, a religion type thing. And I was really intrigued to see where this would go. And the messages go on from there. So they took all the food away. Yeah. They're then told to decontaminate themselves. 
and we- wash themselves in bleach. Bleach, yeah, use bleach. So there's a bit of reluctance to see that. Obviously, it's weird. Yeah, but they all weird. they they all go with it. They all do it. They start bleaching each other. <laughs> you pay good money for that in some <laughs> <laughs> some establishments. Yeah, David Bradley sits on the toilet and bleaches his balls. Balls, yeah. That's an interesting. I wonder when he read that script, what he thought. I was in Harry Potter, now I'm bleaching my balls. <laughs> yeah, bottom of his stream. <laughs> but then things go up a level. So the next message, uh, well, before the next message turns up, a package falls down the chimney. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's six unmarked, unsterilised syringes filled with something. And she's a nurse, so she's very reluctant at this point to go yes, near them. she is. As would anyone who, with a vague knowledge of hygiene, <laughs> yeah. blood diseases, and... <laughs> just, you don't even have to have a knowledge of that. General you just know knowledge. that unsterilised, unclean needles are bad for you. The message on the TV then reads, Use trial vaccination kits. The atmosphere is polluted. This was quite a good scene, actually. It was, yeah. And it was probably the best acting as so far there was in the film so there's this debate about do we do it because you can imagine if this is the sort of thing I find creepy yeah not that it's a realistic thing but you can you know so the dad's immediately dad injects himself straight in yeah he's not no Doesn't, questions he's, yeah. he's convinced the government behind this and yeah this he's going to obey exactly to what's on that TV yeah they then actually do ster- sterilise the rest of them boil some water and Scott because he's following his he's been told to follow yeah. the dad so he he, he injects himself Gramps does it. Mum, a bit more reluctantly. Kate, very reluctantly. Yeah. Um, Because I don't know if we've mentioned this. I don't think we've mentioned it. She's pregnant. She's pre- heavily pregnant. Heavily pregnant. Heavily pregnant. The sister, um, that is, is heavily pregnant at this point. Yes. So. Is it just uh, weeks away? I think that at some point they say it's. Two or three weeks. Two or three weeks there. away. Yeah. Um, I thought for a second she wasn't going to do it. Yeah. I thought Nick had won around. But no, she does it. Then Nick does it. And Ange does it. I, I, I didn't quite... That... Because of how... Yeah. What happens later and how... Not obstructive, but how against... You know, this argument yeah, between the, your family... I thought they folded a bit quickly. Yeah, they did. I, that didn't fair, quite but... sit right with me. Um, David Bradley, so Gramps, he immediately... Terrifyingly. Starts convulsing, spews up a load of blood. Black tarry liquids and he's gone he's, he's dead he's done he's out of here that's the end of his film he's dead um you've got to bleach your balls but then you can die in the next yeah. it's fine <laughs> yeah um that introduces all sorts of panic obviously yeah obviously everybody goes crazy because they've all just injected themselves with the same yeah serum but tony the dad is he's stoic and he says you know I, I think that we're we we've we've injected ourselves and we're safe and he he's old he was an acceptable loss he's this character is really inter- interesting but not necessarily a good way yeah because he was that blinded and beho- following the messages on this TV that he didn't again I'm not looking for realism here but he didn't feel like a real yeah, I know what you mean. Person. Yeah, he was, yeah, he was doing whatever that TV told him to do at this point, he would have done it. Yeah, and, and it was like straight away, he was at that character arc, he was at 11. Yeah. On a scale of 1 to 10, he was at 11. Yeah, yeah. From the start. And it it almost felt like it was a parody character at points. And that, that didn't quite work with the tone. Yeah, I think you're right. I think 
he came across almost like a politician type. No matter what my party's telling me to do, I'm going to do it. He was a he was a very weak willed man, but also but there was no development. It was no, it, it was, was straight, straight in. in. It was, he was it. instantly going to do whatever the TV told him to. And, do. and that kind of ties into what I was saying earlier. It feels like they they were given these characters, you know, their characters because they are underwritten. It's just well, this is the trait of your character. Yeah, he, he's stubborn and he's he's going to do it. And and that was it. Yeah. There was no nuances to any of these. No, not really. The, everybody was everybody had their own position and they were sticking by it. Even Angie, to an extent where she was completely opposite, she was completely the opposite. She was going to do whatever the she wasn't going to do whatever the TV told them to do. And these aren't these. I think in comparison to what we've seen in the, the couple of episodes we've done before with the other films, these were probably the best actors that we've seen. Yeah, but the dialogue was bollocks in this film. <laughs> it was really badly written there's a good idea in this film and we'll, we'll talk about how the plot develops but the dialogue was but, shit yeah, well, it was it was a great premise written badly I yeah. think that's how you describe yeah. it Scott uh, so he gathers up the syringes that he's told to the, the TV tells him to post them back through there's like this slot isn't there in yeah, the licorice slot near the letterbox put the syringe return the syringes so he does that uh, he can't help sort of getting his fingers in the like licorice vagina. That's kind of what it looks like, isn't it? <laughs> I've never thought I'd hear you say the word licorice vagina. Yeah, exactly what it looks like. Um, so he, put, he puts his fingers in and um, snap, they're gone. They're gone. He's lost three fingers. Literally um, cut straight off. There's no like... Yeah. Which is very much the start of his downwards, yeah. downwards spiral. In other words, don't try and get out of the slot because... Maybe chop your fingers off if you do. Yes. So, but quite a bit of time has passed by this because one of the characters, sorry, I'm, I'm not sure which character it is. One of them says, "Oh, what a way to spend your boxing day." So we've now been <laughs> yeah. we've now been trapped in there for for you know was, over twenty four hours. Am I wrong, or was there a warning on the TV when he put his hand through the letterbox? Uh, yeah, I've got that. It's, so it did say access slot contamination. Yeah. So, i.e., don't shove anything in the yeah. hole. So basically, we know it's now. Good that advice. They're, they're being monitored completely. Yes. A, there's a sentient being behind this somewhere. So the next the next message says if one of your number is infected, isolate them. Yeah, it doesn't tell them which one. No. So which instantly remind me of the thing, that classic yeah. Kurt Russell film, John Carpenter in the Aces. Yeah, there's no nuance and and again in trying to work out who it is, no, it's, it's immediately we're putting the Indian girl in the <laughs> in the uh, bathroom. It's, we're gonna con- we're gonna isolate her in the bathroom. Uh, obviously, Nick's Was she in the bathroom? Yeah, they put, I think I think uh, no, it was no, a spare room. It was a spare bedroom because she yeah. finds a TV later on. So they've already wrapped up Gramps. Yeah. They've stuck him in there. So they bung her in there as well with him. There's there's no debate. It's it's, it's her straight away. Yeah, because Nick, they Nick's are not all happy about it. But complete racists. Yeah, basically, they're middle work middle class British racists. Nick and Anne's form a plan. So they're obviously still talking to each other, sort of through the door. So everyone, he waits till everyone goes to sleep and he goes and turns off the TV. Yes. Which, I'm still on board at this point. I'm not sure where this is going, but it's intriguing. Yeah, go for it. Again, within the confines of this film, that's a logical thing to do. Yes. The plot's, you know, it's it's going, we're going somewhere. So he he turns off the TV, he meets his sister on the stairs, she goes, she goes upstairs, she says something like, I've got to go to the, Toilet before I start gushing everywhere. Otherwise, an unnecessary <laughs> use of the word gush, to be honest. There's never a good reason to use the word gush. Um, 
So he takes the opportunity to unplug the TV. And that's when an alarm starts going off straight away. Brings everyone back out of bed downstairs. Obviously, the dad's going, what are you doing? What are you doing? This is our only lifeline. Plugs the TV back in and it says, um, warning, interrupting emergency signal puts lives at risk. So things get physical here. So Scott and Nick get into a brawl. They brawl sort of halfway up the stairs. Then they get to the top of the stairs. Dad's getting involved. Everybody's getting involved trying to break it up. Kate's getting involved trying to break them up. And... um, well, she gets kind of elbowed slash shouldered out of the middle of this brawl between Scott and Nick. She takes a tumble over the banister. She um she takes a real bad bump. <laughs> she hits, hits the deck, doesn't she? She hits the deck hard. Snaps a leg. Snaps a leg in half. Bone through the bone through the skin. Bone through shin. It's not good when you're pregnant. No. It's not good when you're not pregnant. That's <laughs> quite break your leg like that. But yeah, she's she's in a bad way from this point onwards. She's got now got a broken leg and no way to to resolve that situation yeah so in the midst of the panic they get her onto the sofa Nick's kind of trying to take, take charge we've got, to, we've got to do something trying to get her comfortable yeah it's the old get the hot you know hot towels yeah water the towels Scott's Scott's gone at this point yeah so he's gone lo- he's gone loco yeah he's so gone he, mental he's... he's gone into shutdown he's not helping out he, he turns to look at the TV and it cha- the message changes and it just says I see you interesting which is yeah again just Pretty creepy. Yeah, yeah. Again, I'm still bit, completely getting, on board. Getting with this a bit film. ridiculous. It's, it's getting ridiculous, but at the, this point, it's the like, injury and stuff. But it's it's yeah. intriguing to know where it's going at this point because it's it's interesting. It's something completely new and different. And, and then this next bit happens, which also made me laugh a bit, like the um <laughs> the the sea bomb earlier. But this was an unintentional laugh. <laughs> is when the dad suddenly goes in the midst of all this oh, crisis. Yeah, this was crazy. And this is what I talk about. This. The dialogue in this thing being absolutely awful. He just stands there and says, "Well, I'm I'm going off to work in my study because um, I'm I'm a very busy man and <laughs> I've got lots of work to do." Yeah, they just disappears upstairs into his study. He's just I don't know what they're trying. I know they're trying to display that this guy has been mentally broken, but it came across as ludicrous. It does not work. It does not work. It came across as absolutely ludicrous and i think this is about where the wheel started to come off a little bit for me there's a point in this film where it turns mental and i think that's probably it so the mother she suddenly pops back up she decides she's going to talk directly to the tv she, you know, she breaks down. Yeah. Which, which again, I've, I've not yeah, really got a problem with. The, the TV's know, proven to Please be, help us. Yeah. My daughter's pregnant. She's she's hurt herself. Please send help. There's obviously somebody watching them and communicating with them via the TV. So it's not a mental thing to do is talk to the TV. Somebody's obviously listening. Nick goes back up to Angie and uh, describes sort of what his sister's leg looks like. And she instantly says, wow, sounds like she's got sepsis. Ooh. Um, Nasty. So, so Kate, it's not looking good for Kate. So, as things calm down again, Nick decides I've got to look see if there's a way out. Yeah. So he, he goes into the loft, pulls back the the sort of felt. The licorice is still there. Okay, it's another thing. I think you would do it. I think you, yeah. you, you starts tearing the house apart. He's the only one who's doing trying to get out something. Yeah. <laughs> he's not gone to bits. He's he's at least he's trying to. I thought I thought he was pretty good in this film. I agree. Sam, I Sam think Gittins, he was. I'm not. I'm not familiar with him before, but he he did a good job in this film. From what he was given, he did do a good job. He's yeah, I agree. He's been in a. He's been in a few things. Both both him and uh, Ange. 
but I, I was reasonably impressed with that's, that's I would probably say of the of the things we watched so far, those two were probably the two best performances in any, in any of the three films we've watched so yeah. far. Yeah, I mean, he's more of a, a TV actor. He's been in a few episodes here and there of different things, but this this was his uh, big break, and I don't think he's quite made it. But so he um he finds basically uh he does find a little chink in the uh, the armor, so he manages to chip away at the plaster sort of by the U-bend in the bathroom. Yeah, by the toilet. He puts his phone on a stick, with a bit <laughs> of duct tape, turns the camera on. It goes all 18. Yeah, yeah. Um, manages to, to get it through the wall and records a bit of video, which is sort of blurry, spidery, licorice Yeah, there's a kind of great big spidery thing on the wall outside. Yeah. And, they, and it kind of makes a lurch for the, the, the camera. His phone, but he manages to get it back in. So he's now got this video footage on his phone of... But breaching the perimeter the sets off the alarm again. Yep. A message on the TV which says, Survivor must not breach perimeter. Which obviously brings the... It, that's what brings the dad back out of the study. Yep. He again goes to town on Nick. They get in a fist fight. This time Scott and Tony subdue Nick. Time up in the study. And for the second time in three films, we've got a torture scene on our hands. <laughs> It's becoming a recurring theme in our uh, quest to find these hidden gems. Yeah, so the, uh, the message again changes on the screen to, um, it says extract information from sleeper agent. <laughs> so yeah, this, you've now got this point where Tony, the dad, is, is torturing his own son. Yeah. In, and he's asking him questions like, how long have you been been in the cell? And, uh, you know, he still thinks there's some it's, sort of yeah, terrorist thing going completely on. Completely turned himself against his own son. Just as he's about to take his son's eye out with a screwdriver, <laughs> the mother screams, yep. and it turns out Kate's died. Kate's died. So the sepsis did not hang around. So she is dead. She's now, still pregnant. Now it goes batshit crazy. <laughs> yes. This this is the point now where it goes mental. So um, Scott has kind of come around a little bit, seen a bit of sense. So. Scott and uh, the mother free Nick and at the same time Ange who's still in the spare bedroom managed to use nothing more than a coat hanger yes to sort of get behind one of the fibre optic slash licorice <laughs> strips pull it up and you then cut to like the sort of fish lens view of it looking at her yeah it was like almost like fibre optic yeah. cables then she finds another TV she does little Portable TV from the 90s. Yeah, she plugs that in. It says, I see you. She pulls the back off and then we don't see what's in the no, TV. There's, there's, like, there's, there's implied that there's something in there. Yeah. Both of the TVs in this film are from the 90s, by the way. There's oh, big, neither of them big have old, got... Big uh, old yeah. cafe tube. Yeah, neither of them have got flat screen plasmas <laughs> or anything like that for some bizarre reason. Uh, the TV then downstairs says there's a security breach and they're activating the quarantine. So gas then starts to... Yeah. filter into the, um, the they had mentioned earlier rooms. on that there was like pipes through a couple of the windows in the house yeah. which the, they assumed was oxygen coming in yeah, yeah wasn't yeah. Nick manages to get Ange out before the, the gas totally takes over room unbeknownst to them mum's in the bathroom Mum, yeah mum's gone in the bathroom and um, they do not get her out they do not get her out and <laughs> she gets exploded she t- she gets turned inside out. It's that it is it's that fog that turns you inside out yeah, from the it's, Simpsons. It's exactly that fog from the Simpsons. It, she explodes all up the 
glass bathroom window door door window third death of the film (laughs) so we're back in the living room again so we've now got scott nick and scott and tony tony left nick goes to smash the tv and then we get a load more messages quick it says i am reborn i bring salvation and then tony so he looks above the tv and there's a cross that the family's had there all this time and he obviously jumps <laughs> to the conclusion that the TV <laughs> might... I can't believe you're going to say this, but you're going to Might be indicating the second coming of Jesus. <laughs> At Christmas. At Christmas. Yeah. They turn around and Scott notices that Kate's stomach moves. Oh my the God. The baby is still alive in the Inside dead mother. the dead mother. And it's a Jesus baby. It's a... I, just, I cannot believe this is happening at this point. I'm like... At this point... The minute my... he looked up at that cross, I was done. I was like, I cannot believe this is going to... Again, that made me this. laugh. That made me howl. Yeah. And it was absolutely not the intention of this No, film. not at all. Was... And... Um, <laughs> <laughs> this yeah. isn't even as ludicrous as it gets. No. There's still... There's only like five minutes left of the film and it gets more ludicrous. At this point, my interest has got... No, it's gone. I've gone, I've gone from... Well, this was quite intriguing to this has lurched into I have no idea what we're, what we're coming it was, into next. It was crazy that it was such not a good film but not a bad film and there was a good idea there, there wasn't was a there? great was idea like, here and there is without a doubt a great premise to this film and then it just happened this just happens at the end and you're just like what a shame. The TV then says make a sacrifice to save the unborn. Dad goes for Ange again because he's still racist. <laughs> they get into a scrap. Uh, Scott gets killed by Tony, the dad. Yeah. In in the in the melee, Ange then wipes out Dad with a vase or something yeah. like that. So he's knocked yeah. out. Nick pulls the TV over, drops it on his dad. Just like in Scream Two. Yes, sparks everywhere. The TV drops open. Yeah. So you see what Ange saw upstairs in the other yeah. TV. There's like this beating licorice heart. Yeah. Like a pulsating beast. Alien-y, gooey, stringy, black licorice thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, this is happening. Go on. That starts coming out of the TV. Meanwhile, all the covering of the house starts wi- winding its way around. So this, this covering that's been keeping them in all this time suddenly is like alive. It's like tentacles now. Yeah, basically. Yeah, it's, it's like, the, it's, it's, well, it's supposed to be the wires, isn't it? Yeah. It's the, but it's... The electricity's taken over the world. Yeah. So... <laughs> So these wires then sort of, they're not only sort of going after Nick and Ange, they make the way over to the dad and insert themselves into him. (laughs) Yeah. And you end up having this reanimated licorice dad. (laughs) I can't believe this is happening. (laughs) Chasing uh, Nick and Ange round. So he's got them in his face, he's got them all over his body, but they're basically pulling at him and... Yeah, making him talk. It's like he's a like human a, puppet. He's like point. a puppet, yeah. Because yeah. the TV smash, this being is now speaking through him, and he says, worship me, um, or face your extinction. And that's kind, of, that's kind of the last you see of Nick and Ange. Yeah. You, you think maybe they're going to make a break for it, but no, they, they basically get absorbed, don't they? Yeah, they kind of swallowed up by it yeah I don't, um, I don't think they make it out alive no 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 it's, it's almost an off off camera demise for them yeah, isn't it which is a shame because they were the main two characters in the film but 
then uh, the best bit of this whole film happens next. God, I can't believe this happened. <laughs> I cannot believe this happened. The licorice thing slides over to Kate's dead body. and <laughs> I can't believe you're going to say it. <laughs> it. It slides over her, and then as it moves over her dead body, it pushes over her. All that's left is her skeleton. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With a perfectly formed, very clean... Yeah. Obviously quite older than newborn baby. Just lying in the rib cage <laughs> yeah. area. Of, of, of its dead, de-boned mother. Yeah. And the licorice dad sits back down in his seat. The the being brings the other TV down from upstairs and um, it switches on. There's lots of nice, pretty lights and the baby is just watching the TV. Yeah. And it the, again, the TV says, worship me. Uh, and then you cut back to the re- uh, to out- external shot outside the house, and you can see that the licorice monster has enveloped the whole neighbourhood. Yeah, and I think we're led to. I think you've got to assume the whole world. The whole world. I think the whole. Yeah, this is the post-apocalyptic film. I and think. that is it. That TV <laughs> has taken over the world. This I'm, alien, or is it an alien being that is used TV? Yeah, I think it's a sentient electrical alien being. Who saw that coming? Nobody. No I mean, fucker saw that coming. This. I know I've really belaboured sort of. I don't necessarily want this podcast to be a. We go through every plot point. I think you have to in this film. I think. But this film is so wacky. It's absolutely. A lot of that just happened in the last 20 minutes as well. Yeah. <laughs> Until the last 20 minutes, it was a perfectly good, intriguing thriller. And then. From the minute he puts his phone out through the through the toilet, it goes. It can't even. Batshit crazy is not even a description. It is. I've never seen anything like it. I'm putting it out there. I've never seen anything so ludicrous as the end of that film. It made no sense. I'm not going to say I hated it because no, no, I'm not, I'm, I'm not quite there yet. But um, it, again, it just lurched from one thing to something completely different, and it it didn't flow. It no, it doesn't flow, and it is. There's a crux of a really good film in there somewhere. The idea, the premise behind it and the idea of it is fascinating. But then it just becomes what it becomes. I don't have to recap what you've just said because it's... I can't believe you said most of it, but... I didn't... I If they were going to go for that, though, I, I would have wanted the, you know, the writers and director. Fuck it, we're all in on this. Yeah. But you've got an hour of quite tightly, you know, atmospheric creepiness and then 20 minutes of... A different film. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it felt like. It's, isn't it? it's absolutely what it felt like. It's the the ending is insane. But like I just said, I'm not going to say I hated it because there's there's a decent film hiding in there somewhere. I I, I enjoyed it. I, I did I enjoy it. Yeah, I think you. Can I know I, I did it. enjoy it. I enjoyed it because this was nothing like what I would have expected. No, that was not completely not what I was expecting. And it's good to be surprised. Yeah, definitely. Uh, is it a good film? I don't think it's a good film. No. No, I don't think it is a good film. But it is also, it isn't a bad film. I think it might be a bad film. Do you think it's a bad film? Yeah. It's certainly I think it loses... The ending The ending. I think it loses a lot of its goodwill that it had built up with me. There are people out there that will enjoy this film. Oh, yeah. There are definitely people out there that will enjoy this film. Is there anybody you know that would enjoy this film? You. (laughs) Other than me? (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't think so. I don't. I, I think, think, as far as random film tastes go, I think from the people we know, we're probably the two that. I think. The best, he, I think if you've started watching this film, you're going to want to see it through. Because because that first forty five minutes to an hour is intriguing. 
you're not going to turn... You know I don't think I know anyone who turned this off halfway through. No, I don't. But also, I don't know anybody who's going to expect what they're going to get. No, no, but that's... that's <laughs> just... I, if I think back, if I think some of, I don't know, say some of Stephen King's really batshit short stories. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, there, there, there's, there's, there's something... A, there's a definitely kingness to there's it. There's not something too dissimilar from there. No, you're but right. That probably works a lot better, in, like I say, in, in a short short novella or short story. Yeah. You can... But I this agree is, with that. You could you could see that it was if it was written by Stephen King, there'd be some merit to it. Maybe it's exactly the sort of thing you would write. But this is yeah, it's, it's just for me, it just lurched too much, and there was too many. I've sort of mentioned there, there was too many unintentional laughs that took me out of <laughs> the tenseness that it had built up at various points. And I, I, I know it sounds, it maybe it does sound too picky, but that because they took me out of those points several times in this film it happened three or four times that's why I don't think it's a good film yeah okay I would go and agree with you there uh, IMDB have it a 4.8 out of 10 okay. do you agree with that if I, okay if I was marking this out of 10 yeah I'd probably give it a 4 we're not, we, we're not going to go with ratings and things yeah. but, but I, I'd probably go a bit higher I'd, yeah. I'd, I'd, I might go 5 maybe 6 but it's, it's I can't put over how mental it is I really can't you're going to talk about it. If you're watching this with a few mates or whatever, you're going to be talking about it for half an hour after. Definitely. An hour this, is, afterwards, this, is gonna, this episode of this podcast is going to be the longest one we've done so far by a good 15 minutes. I'm sure of it. So I think I would say, I think I would say check it out because it's just, because it's weird and different. Yeah, definitely. If you've got to this point in the podcast, you've probably already seen it at this point. So let us know what you thought of it. I'm, I'm, I'm still completely open-minded by it. I, I, I can't say I hated it. I can't say I loved it. I don't really know what I thought of it, to be honest. But I enjoyed watching it. I don't. It was not. I wasn't expecting. I don't think it was. A, I don't think it was a good film, though. I, the dialogue was awful. Yeah, the writing was terrible. Like I've said all the way through, there's a good premise in there, but it wasn't. It wasn't pulled off. But if if this podcast gives us an opportunity to watch weird stuff like this, yeah, we're, that's what it's all about. Yeah, we said we we wanted to find the hidden gems of Netflix. We didn't necessarily say they were going to be good. This is a hidden gem that's on Netflix, but for very different reasons and it's a good film it's a dirty gem that requires a lot more polishing but it's uh... <laughs> but it's I'm glad I've seen it that, that's how I describe it I'm glad I've watched this film okay fine uh, I'm, I'm glad I've seen it I feel like my life's is better this, for seeing it do you think this is the, is this the best thing you've watched out of the three episodes so absolutely far? not no. Bait, Bait, Bait by still, far is okay, the best thing we've watched so fine. far I think that's a bit like comparing apples and oranges yeah, but... but it's probably it's definitely second because the first one was diabolical Okay, so that's, that was a wait further instructions. Are we ready to pick next week's film? Yes. Yeah, are we ready? 100%. So I've got the app again, because we, we got rid of the box. There's still... I haven't added anything since last week, have you? No. no so I think got, our 20-odd, or well, high 20s is enough for fine. So here we go. I'm going to press the button now to choose the next week's episode. And it's come up with a film called I Think We're Alone Now. Oh, like Tiffany, like this <laughs> Tiffany song from the Aces. It's the Tiffany biopic. It's <laughs> not, is it? <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> um, let me just find it. Interesting. So, I Think We're Alone Now is a 2018 film starring Peter Drinklage, Al Fanning, Paul Giamatti. This sounds very mainstream for our little... Uh... <laughs> and Charlotte Gainsbourg, and they are the only four people credited on IMDb. So... I heard of all of those people. <laughs> I will read you the synopsis. 
The apocalypse proves a blessing in disguise for one lucky recluse until a second survivor arrives with the threat of companionship. I'm, I'm intrigued. Ooh, I'm, uh, I'm definitely intrigued. Is it stated as a drama comedy? It is stated as a drama mystery sci-fi. Oh, okay. So between now and next week, get that watched. We will watch it as well and we'll be back next week to discuss it. Cheers. See ya. Thank you. Bye.